better. Getting this better. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas on Wednesday, November the 1st. Let's welcome the month of November and let's welcome the new month with one of our favorite people, Leslie Eastman, great friend of our show, as well as a contributor to Legal Insurrection. So happy November, Leslie. Happy November, Silvio. Great to be here. I hope you and everybody in the audience had a happy, happy Halloween with well, plenty of candy and joy. Well, let's talk about Halloween a little bit. Uh, that's always one of your favorite holidays. We always have you, you know, on or before Halloween. And so did you do anything special for Halloween this year, Leslie? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't get for our traditional show. Uh, my regular day job is kind of taken off, so it limits my time. Uh, I carved out a little time today. But yes, I went over to a friend's house dressed as Katniss Everdeen from Hunger Games because I thought given today's environment, Hunger Games was a kind of a good vibe to chime in. And, uh, you know, I have an archery kit now and I got my French hair, braids in my French hair styled. And uh, it was really just uh, really very fun and handed out lots more candy than we thought we were going to, which is good. And in Connected with spirits, mainly Captain Morgan, but yeah, you know, good time was had by all. Great. Well, that was great. Uh, we on uh, over here, we basically just we watched uh, little boys sort of enjoy their first and their second Halloween. So it was just uh, uh, a lot of fun. Our, our granddaughter, who who lives in New York with my son, uh, who's over there working. Uh, they dressed her up as Princess, you know, the one from Star Wars, Princess uh, Layla, is it? Abadala, or yeah. Or, so yeah. she was uh, she was really cute, dressed like that. I think the kids enjoy it a great deal, and we, the grown ups, I guess we get to enjoy it with them. I mean, I do. I, I I always remember our first Halloween when we came to the United States. It was something that we didn't know anything about, you know. So like. We're learning about a new holiday, and uh, it was a lot of fun back then to go out and ask for candy. And now it's a lot of fun to put candy in the bags of little children who say trick-or-treat at your door, Leslie. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and, and a little extra for really cool costumes, uh, which I, in, I enjoy doing. Yes. Uh, yes. And there are so many of them this year. I was giving away candy left and right. We've got some really creative young people out there and parents who help support that creativity, which is probably yeah. the most optimistic thing I will be saying on this entire show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's why we're talking about it now, because it's going to get a lot more negative in a couple of seconds here. But let's see, one of the reasons that I always enjoy chatting with you is because, of course, you you write at Legal Insurrection. It's one of my favorite websites, and you always write some great articles. And over the last couple of weeks, since this horrible incident in Israel, uh, we have sort of opened the door. We've pulled the curtain, I say, on one of the worst things happening in the country, which is what is happening at the universities, all of these marches. I mean, everybody's in favor of open and healthy debate. That's a good thing. But what we're watching is a lot more sinister than that, in my opinion. I think we're watching university students being corrupted by professors, uh, being, you know, their minds are full of crazy and anti-American and anti-West 
ideas. And I would argue that this is a threat to civilization, our civilization, that we have the enemy is within. I'll put it that way. The enemy is within and he is in our colleges, Leslie. Well, I think it's a very complex web of interconnected things that really don't promote the best interest of our nation and really do undermine the uh, undermine the pinnings of our civilization, our Greco-Roman-based Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs and the governments we structured on those beliefs. So it is a complex problem. And unfortunately, complex problems do not have simple solutions. So what you need to do is tease out the various key elements of what is really contributing to this environment and decide to target various specific areas. And I think people have got to look into themselves and decide how they are going to go and target uh, things that are detrimental to the country in the way that's most effective for them, whether it be voting, donating, getting involved physically, pursuing careers. I, there's a the variety of choices to make here. But this is a time for serious soul searching as many people now associated with colleges and universities apparently are now doing. And right. that is a good thing. That um, is a good one, thing. That is a good thing. The fact that we're having this... I really wanted to make... Yeah. No, but I, was, I just wanted to say something real okay. quickly, Leslie, just to, to, to second what you just said. You said soul searching. This is exactly what it is. This is a, we now have an opportunity to see something that is not going well. And we have an opportunity to talk about it and discuss it. I knew that there were some ugly things going on in the universities. We've seen it with the cancel culture. We've seen it with, you know, this young woman who was not allowed to speak because she was in favor of men and women competing differently. What a radical idea. And she was not allowed to speak. So we knew that this was, you know, cultivated in the universities. But now I think we, we've we opened the whole curtain. And uh, it's pretty scary. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. I know you want to add something. Yeah, yes. Uh, the one point I wanted to add, I recently made at Legal Insurrection. COVID and that experience allowed parents of elementary, middle, and high school age students, a real window into what was going on in the classroom and the toxic environments they're in. So parents now are making more informed decisions. You're seeing more homeschooling, you're seeing more parental involvement. You see a number of different news reports saying that there are rabble-rousers among parents as parents now are challenging school boards. So that's a groundswell. The Hamas-Israel situation is about the same thing for the university and college level. The barbarity of what Hamas did on October 7th to the citizens of Israel was so appalling. There is no defense. And any reasonable, normal person would see that Hamas and all the leadership that supported Hamas basically declared war on Israel on that day. And Israel is at liberty to pursue whatever defense it feels appropriate. There is an underground city carved underneath Gaza, and Israel needs to give it the Carthage treatment because that's the only effective way it can defend its person, its its people. And that's what its government is obligated to do. That's what their military is trained to do. Most normies get this. 
But unfortunately, this is then used as the opportunity on the campuses to gin up anti-Semitism, gin up anti-Israel environment. And by context, because most normal Americans support Israel, uh, gin up a lot of anti-American sentiment too among our young people. And you can see conflicts arising on campus as people are beginning to call out protesters, call out people tearing down posters of missing children and shaming them, which is something has, that has not happened before on campus. So parents are, yeah, a good eye, a, a bird's eye view now of a, a, a system that has promoted real hateful behavior to the Jewish students, to this country, and to the values that are supposed to be inherent in university and college environments. And again, there is a lot of reasons that the toxic atmosphere has been generated, a lot of different toxic elements in that atmosphere, and we need to start addressing those elements. That's so, right. Um, that's kind of my thought on all no, the I think whole you're, situation. You're, you're right on target. I, I agree with you 100%. I think what you said about COVID is true. Uh, back in 2020, when the kids were sent home and they, they were now doing their courses online, the parents saw what was being taught. And they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, we don't like that. And I think that created the, the backlash against the teachers unions and against the administrations. And you now have mothers uh, that that has become a movement. You know, there's Moms for Liberty, Moms for Educational Liberty and all of that. And I think the same thing has to happen here. Now, of course, one of the problems is that many of these are private colleges, so they're not as regulated by by the state, let's say. Uh, but I know here in, in Texas at the legislature, there has been talk about, you know, maybe addressing this issue at some of the colleges. But what I find most troubling is what you what you see in many of these young people. You see, you know, nice looking young people uh, saying things on television that just absolutely make no sense. They, you know, this hatred of Israel. Well, that 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 they didn't get that from their parents. I guarantee you that they didn't get that from the high school they went to. They got that from the university they're going to, and and what the professors are teaching them. And this one-sided view uh, of Israel is is crazy. It's not it's not a black and white issue. Uh, I mean, it's a complicated issue, like you said, but Israel has the right to defend itself. And for people, you know, people are talking about being that Israel should react in a proportionate way. Come on, give what does that mean? So should Israel drop 5,000 missiles on Gaza like was done to them? I mean, it, it's crazy. But unfortunately, the young people, Leslie, this is what they're picking up in the schools and you see them marching, and I'll just say one more thing. I know I went too long, but um, you you saw people being interviewed who were basically saying they didn't kill any babies. That's all fake news. Well, come on. I mean, I I, I don't. Ha I saw the pictures. They were horrific of babies and families being killed. I don't need to see a lot of videos to believe it, Leslie. Yeah, you. That is appalling and shows a soullessness that is really heartbreaking. But I think what has happened is that over the years, the leftists have kind of taken over all sorts of different areas on campus and you can't get 
hired, you can't get promoted, you can't get tenure, you can't be brought on unless you jump through the diversity hoops, unless you uh, agree to all the various principles or you kind of bury yourself. It is a rare, rare person who can manage to make it through that gauntlet and still retain any semblance of independent conservative thought. My big boss at Legal Insurrection, uh, William Jacobson, Bill Jacobson, one of the shining examples of somebody who's managed to survive and help lift up the independent conservative thought, the promotion of Western civilization and protection of all sorts of ethnicities and religions, including his own, the Jewish faith. And that's phenomenal. But as the years have progressed and there are fewer pushbacks, fewer conservatives and more strident progressives and strident, very um, active and activist uh, leftists on campus, well, you can begin to see that's what's being fed at the universities. If you feed a person a bad diet, you're going to get a bad result. And we are beginning to see the bad results, which is why, among other things, people are beginning to push back. Uh, donations have been dropped at several of the elite institutions. A Jewish school uh, basically wrote to a bunch of universities. They will not be invited to the uh, campus of that Jewish school to promote their organizations, their universities and colleges, unless they make it very clear that they are not anti-Semitic and they are not going all in on the pro-Palestine, you know, colonialism garbage that is being promoted on a number of different campuses. Um, so that that is part of what is happening and part of what will help us push back and maybe take back our campuses, take back our colleges, take back our universities to the po point where they now become a source of reason, learning, enrichment, and true progress and innovation. Right. No, I agree. And one of the things that bothers me the most, and th this was happening before what we just saw, is the number of professors in our universities who hate the country. They hate the United States. They hate the culture. And, uh, you know, they, they hate the Western culture, but then forget, forget that, that it is the Western culture that allows them to criticize the West. I mean, it is our, our tolerance of different points of views, but they, they don't seem to be teaching that to, to the students. Uh, for example, I, I've had discussions with, with some professors about Columbus Day. And, and they, you know, they want to change it to Indigenous Day or whatever. And I guess, you know, uh, it doesn't totally offend me, but it does bother me because I, I think that that is not correct to call it Indigenous Day. And I always ask uh, these professors, OK, but what culture would you have rather lived under, would you have preferred to live under, the Western culture or the Indigenous culture? Because I don't think there was a lot of tolerance for different points of view in their culture. I mean, and, and I use the example of Moctezuma. When Moctezuma arrested you, they didn't read you your rights. You know, they didn't say, hey, you can talk to a lawyer. So there's a lot of things about the Western culture that allow them to criticize the Western culture, but they don't point that out to the students, Leslie. No. Um, you know, the, everything that's not Western is there's painted over... And there's a filter put on, so it's all pretty. 
but any student of real history realizes the Aztec did things like carve the heart out of people as a gift to their gods. Um, yeah, and slavery was rampant among our Native American friends. Um, Intertribal warfare that was brutal. Scalpings, did, we didn't bring that over from the West. No, that was an entirely Native American innovation. So it's, it's, you know, every, you know, there's good points, bad points to everything. But for the most part, when you're looking for freedom and a celebration of humanity and a celebration of freedom and liberty and the, the ability to be the best person you can be and pursue your dreams and achieve according to your gifts to the maximum you're able to, that it really comes from you know, Judeo-Christian, Greco-Roman, Western values. They've evolved over time, still perfecting it because we're all humans, we're all mortal, we all make mistakes. But uh, when you're talking about cultures that uh, mutilate genital bills of women because they're women, hide women, uh, good example in Iran, a young girl, because she was not wearing the job correctly, was brutally assaulted to a point of coma and then on to death, creating unrest in Iran. Um, there are other cultures. We can look at our Chinese friends for another example of brutality and the stifling of innovation and the stifling of things that make life worth living because of a dictatorial dictatorial government. Not to say our government is any shining example nowadays, but at least currently there is, we have optimistic chance of changing it, making dangerous decisions in our representatives. And I hope that occurs. But for the most part, when we're looking at today's environment on campuses, we see a lot of different things. And one of the points I wanted to make is not only were the leftist professors the problem, but the supporters of the organizations on camping is doing this. There's a lot of money coming in from China. There's a lot of money coming in from Middle Eastern state players who are part of the influence on the campuses and putting their, their mark on the young people in our country. And we should really take a good hard look at how much foreign money are, is coming into our, our uh, institutions and really, what is that money being used for? I don't think enough thought has gone into that from our administrators, uh, uh, university people, because they don't want all the money, they want all the donations. It doesn't matter how they get it, they want all the money. And I think they've sold their soul. And I think we need to figure out a way to get the soul of our educational system back, especially at the higher education level. Oh, absolutely. They need to get back to, to teaching and, and preparing young people for the world and giving them an honest look at history. In other words, uh, I think it was Elon Musk the other day who was being interviewed. And he said that it's shocking for him. And this is, of course, people need to understand. He moved here from South Africa. He's like me. You know, he's an immigrant who came. I don't know how old he was, but probably as a kid, too, like I did. And he was saying that you talk to college kids these days and you say, who's George Washington? And the first thing they say is, well, he had slaves. They don't give you any realistic, I mean, view of his life. It's all about slavery. Well, if George Washington had slaves, lots of other people did too, not just here in the North America. But it's this weird view of history 
where all they want to teach, it seems like a certain narrative that the United States was a bad country. It's a racist country. And like you say, mistakes were made. People are human. They make mistakes. But overall, if you're a college professor, the best place to be teaching uh, is the United States, Leslie. Well, I, yeah, it's, I, I know a lot of college professors and I said mad respect for some of the stuff they put up with, especially among the science posse, because um, I do know quite a number of science oriented professors and their environment isn't quite so toxic, though we do see the uh, indoctrination, the uh, ideological capture, if you will, of our scientific institutions, which is troubling. But I think we have churned out a lot of PhD factors, factories needlessly, uh, where people are getting degrees and PhDs in gender studies and women's studies and studies that just don't, there's no way to do hard data. There's no way to prove or disprove anything they, they have because it's all opinion and it's all golden opinion. And that is not really worthy of a doctorate that that might be worthy of some sort of different you know type of degree that should be created special for these theoretical or you know non-data driven studies but currently the universities become tuition mills and ideal ideology mills and are not the kind of healthy vibrant place where people are being taught reason thinking and the ability to explore different ideas and consider different ways of thinking, just put the stamp on and out the door and your good little swords in whatever leftist war or, or you know, progressive ideal state that is being creative. And uh, I'm hoping as parents consider colleges, they give trade schools and things of crafts and that really I think our country would value a lot as well. I think the days of just Assuming that a college degree is your entry into places is gone, and especially among normal people who would prefer just a happy, healthy child in a normal environment, maybe doing carpentry, maybe doing electrical work, maybe doing some sort of thing to build this country up and, and uh, you know, innovate. Uh, but has really, truly, this whole experience has been astonishingly eye-opening uh, for many of us, including those of us in the environment, because legal insurrection has been following this since its inception, 2008-2009. We've been following this. There, Glenn Reynolds had a great post at, um, on Substack, Professor Glenn Reynolds of Instapundit, when a, a law uh, a dean, dean of the law school noticed, hey, there's all this anti-Semitism on campus. And as Glenn Reynolds wrote, welcome to the party, pal, because he has covered many, many episodes of anti-Semitism on the campus of Berkeley, and he gave six shining examples of it. So there should not be any surprise to any dean, any administrator who's been spending any time on their campus of what's been going on. And he all allowed it. So now you're going to start bearing the consequences, and the reckoning has begun. Right. And I think what you said about people holding back money, that's a great thing because they need the money, obviously. I also want to say something. I mean, uh, and I want to make sure that I come, I, I, I come across fairly. Uh, there's a lot of good college professors who don't like this either. I've spoken yeah. to many of them. Yes. 
uh, who are horrified by what they see because they know what the truth is. So uh, there is a, uh, as they like to say, a big ray of hope, I think. And what you said about, uh, you know, initially what you said about this being an eye opener for people, uh, this is usually how you turn things around when there's what they call mass, mass, uh, when you reach mass, I guess uh, that's your chemistry. Critical you know? mass. There yes. you go. You're the, critical you're mass. the technical person there, critical mass. I think yeah. we've reached critical mass on this. And uh, I think over the next, you know, couple of years when we chat, we'll be able to see improvement, I believe, in these areas because people are beginning to realize that this is insanity. I mean, just insanity, what we have watched on on our campuses. Let me, we, we've got about five minutes left and I wanted you to tell us about your your latest uh, legal insurrection article or what you're working on. If you could just update us uh, a little bit uh, on what we may be seeing here soon. Oh, gee. Uh, well, I, I've got a lot of interesting things, but perhaps the most recent ones, uh, the green energy market is collapsing. A lot of Investors have stopped investing in green green energy funds, or uh, shall we say, ESG environmental social governance funds, uh, because they're not returning an investment. And a number of car makers, interestingly, are now backing off on electrical vehicle production. Uh, there has been a movement, for example, in uh, Sweden to pursue nuclear energy, and that was off the table. Norway, Norway uh, scientists or statisticians took a good hard look at the climate change models. And after analyzing over 400,000 years of data related to temperatures extracted from geologists, shout out to geologists there because I, I got a degree in it, um, noticed that there were like many, many interglacial glacial cycles, and we are not even close to the maximum temperature we have achieved at any of those four cycles. And so we are coming out of an ice age, which is interesting. But what was interesting about the Norwegian study is that they slammed the climate models, indicated carbon dioxide had no significant provable contribution to, to warming. And then in, in return, Norway is beginning to open up its fossil fuel production and its ability to generate its own fossil fuels. So I think the, the dance with green energy is quite over. Right. Um, not to say that technology, I love technologies. If it works for you, there's places that things will work. And please, if it, it's going to work for you, you know, allow it to work for you, and that's great, but don't force it. Things that really are helpful to civilization will be willingly accepted, and people will buy it if it actually serves them. And you, there's a big backlash, too, because people do not want EVs. They do want, not want limited range. They do not want to have to wait 15, 20 minutes, you know, for a hookup when you can spend five minutes gassing up. EVs are not practical for everybody. EVs are not a solution, um, and you know they also got battery fire issues. And a replacement battery can come up can cost almost thirty thousand dollars. So there's a lot of things with that technology. It's just not ready for prime time, like it's being thrust upon us. 
and begin, people are beginning to see that. So that's one thing. And then again, in the realm of geology, I think I'm going to be having an upcoming post on supervolcanoes. So All right. That should be fun for people to uh, look forward to reading. And as always, I follow COVID and uh, the, the talk about another collapse. There is a collapse in the demand for COVID booster vaccines, as well as the follow-up COVID drugs. People are quite done with COVID. So, yes, I think so. Well, I'm going to recommend that you check out one topic. I know you like to, maybe you, we can, you can write about that sometime in the future. Down in Acapulco, right down the coast there from you, they had this incredible hurricane and, and we don't have time to get into it now, but I've, I had a post uh, over the other day at American Thinker about this, where people literally went to sleep thinking there was a tropical storm, you know, no big deal. And they woke up at three or four o'clock in the morning with windows exploding. And from like two or three hours, it went from a tropical storm to a category five. And it has completely devastated the, the, the city of Acapulco. And I was just, you know, I don't know what happened, whether the computer models didn't work. I mean, there's a lot of people asking, how how did this happen? So maybe you can take a look at that. I, I'll give you a brief thing. First of all, yes, the computer models failed to work because we are in an El Nino season. El Nino seasons tend to really help escalate the rapid development of these storms. These storms are known to impact the area. There's a whole history of Category 4 and Category 5 storms hitting those shores in an El Nino year. And we apparently are in an El Nino year. So yeah, climate, this is, to, welcome to planet Earth. We get weather and sometimes our weather is a real kick in the posterior. This is one example, build, prepare. Um, and if they can't predict a category five storm coming in on shore within 24 hour period, how are they supposed to be predicting what the weather is going to be like in 30, 40, 50 right, years? Exactly. That, I got to ask the question. No, you, you were you're right on target. That was exactly what I was going to say. I mean, if you cannot tell me if I go to sleep, I mean, and, you know, I've, I know people who, who live in Acapulco and, and I, you know, they live there because they work there. It's not just a tourist attraction. There's a lot of businesses there. And they tell, you know, people who went to bed at, you know, 11 o'clock, 1130 normal time. You know, it was raining outside, no big deal. And then at three o'clock in the morning, they wake up to broken windows and they have to hide in their bathroom. Uh, I mean, it was devastating. And uh, the models didn't work or the, you know, the weather people didn't see it. So you're right. If we don't see a, a category five coming in two hours, how can we see something happening in 30 years? I don't know. It's a very good question, Leslie. Maybe that's your next, the next title for your post. Something like that. Why don't you think of that, uh, you know, something like that. But again, it's always a great honor. It's a great pleasure to have you. I hope you have a wonderful day with your family uh, in the West Coast. And thank you so much, as always, for giving us your wonderful input. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to spending more time with you in the upcoming year as we prepare for a presidential election. So the year countdown sort of beginning. So I'm sure I'll be back quite often with updates and opinions as we uh, face this challenging year together. Yes, well, I look forward to that as always. Anytime we have a chance to chat with you, it's always uh, it's always a lot of fun. So if I don't talk to you before Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. 
And hopefully I'll talk to you before Christmas. So don't, I don't have before to, the end of the year. Definitely. I don't have to wish you two holidays at one time. No, I'll no, just no, go no. one at a we'll time. Get in, we'll get in sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. All I'm right. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. Good luck to you and best to your son and to your family. And uh, we'll t- hopefully talk very soon. We will. All right. Bye, Silvio. Bye-bye, Leslie. Leslie Eastman, uh, Legal Insurrection, just a wonderful guest and always very interesting and very informative. And that's why we... We love having her on. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.